If you use the internet on a daily basis, and chances are you do, you probably don't put much thought into cybersecurity. You know, your network connections, the pages you visit, the files you download. You should be thinking about these all the time. Welcome to And Security for All. Your host is Kim Hakem. We're here to help you understand, in general terms, how and why your cybersecurity should be kept in check. Now, here is Kim Hakem. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of And Security for All. I'm Kim Hakem, your host. And if this is your first time joining us, thanks for being here. And if um, you are back. Welcome back. I want to remind everyone that you can catch any of our past episodes of Ant Security on and all at your favorite um, place wherever you listen to your podcast. I hope everyone is ready for the weekend. I am here in the Midwest and I'm trying to, uh, we're all trying to dig ourselves out of this huge snowstorm we've gotten. Um, I have a long, long driveway, so I've been spending this morning, all day yesterday, trying to um, shovel and get our cars out of the driveway. So anyone out there, if I haven't answered your emails, I will answer them. I've been trying to deal with this uh, snowstorm. So um, it's kind of funny. My neighbors, they live across the street. And last summer, I saw them putting something in and they were putting in a heated driveway. And I thought that is really over the top. We live in St. Louis. We don't live in Colorado. We don't live in Utah. Kind of, kind of a little much for St. Louis. But I am very, very jealous of them right now. It's um, crazy times. You know, it's hard to find anyone that wants to come plow your driveway. When I was a kid, we used to go knocking on doors and trying to shovel people's driveway to make money. Me and my brothers. I never, ever have anyone um, knocking on my door doing that. So my guest today, he'll have much to say about that, being um, he works with a younger generation and uh, works with all of our upcoming leaders. Today, my my guest is Jonathan Kimmett. He's the Chief Information Security Officer at the University of Tulsa. He's the leader in information security uh, across academic sectors. He's developed and accomplished careers driving strategy, management, business, transformation, technical migrations, IT data, security, disaster recovery. He's been successful in combining hands-on expertise in information security management, cybersecurity, to ensure an optimal performance in critical enterprise uh, environments. So um, today, um, let me just welcome Jonathan and we can just dive into what he's doing. And um, thanks for being here, Jonathan. Oh, thank you so much, Kim. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we were talking pre-show that you're in Tulsa, obviously, and you guys have had a bit of a snowstorm yourself. Yeah, we have. We uh, started Wednesday night, uh, really kind of hit us. Um, So we've had snow days last couple of days for the university. And um, last night we got a a good amount of snow on top of all the sleet and everything that hit us. So we've got, uh, I don't know the actual numbers. I know that it was probably somewhere between seven inches and two foot of snow out of my yard this morning when I was out there shoveling it off the driveway. So there was a, it was a good amount of snow and snow drifts. Is that typical? I, I kind of always look at Tulsa, like maybe Nashville. My brother lives in Nashville, but once in a while they'll get something crazy like that. Or is that typical? 
Yeah, we get ice more than anything down here. So we'll, it'll get cold enough to, you know, the rain will freeze. It'll freeze overnight, especially on, on bridges and overpasses. Um, every couple of years, we get a good snowfall. Um, you know, my kids probably have seen, you know, less than a handful of where they could go out and we could sled and we could make snowmen. This, In fact, this year is the first time they've been old enough really to, and we've had snow that they can build a real snowman with a real, you know, carrot as a nose. And, you know, it's, you know, four foot tall. So they've never been able to do that before. All the other snows have been much, much, you know, less snow. And so, yeah, we, we get it every couple of years. We'll get a good snowfall. Yeah, this is a good one. I think we got what you got. But isn't it so true? It's like I'm out there shoveling my driveway. And, you know, I haven't been able to get out to go to the gym. So I don't mind it. It's good to get out of your house, get some fresh air. You know, it's once you have music in and you're, you know, you, you can, you, I, I kind of like it. But where are those kids, you know, that used to, when we were growing up, that's how we made money in the wintertime. Oh yeah, I agree. In fact, I had I had threatened that my kids were going to be doing the snow shoveling this year and I probably should have made them do it just to get that 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 first experience in and I didn't. I went out there because you're right. It it's great. It's great exercise and you know, and I uh I spent about 2 hours today and I I'm going to be sore tomorrow, but it, it felt good. You know, you get that coat off once you start getting heated up and uh you just uh, have a good time with it. Well, yeah. Um, it's going to be here for a few days, so it is exciting that it is good snow, so we should hopefully see a few snowmen around the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, so let's kind of shift over to, you know, you've been, you've really been a big supporter of FutureCon. For those of you that don't know it, I also am the CEO of FutureCon Events. We host cybersecurity conferences all over North America. And since COVID, we do a lot of virtual events. And Jonathan has um, sat on many of my uh, CISO panels. He drove to Dallas for us and sat on a panel, our very first live event back in um, August. So what is going on in your world besides being as busy as ever? And we're going to dive into everything that you're doing, but why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got where you are, how you got climbed the ladder to be a CISO and how you ended up at the university of Tulsa. Oh God, that's, that's a lot of pieces there. I, um, so I, I, I grew up here in Northeast Oklahoma. I went to school at the University of Tulsa and I graduated with a business management degree with a specialization of business law. Um, I left for a time and came back. Uh, I actually, I came back temporarily. Um, I came back to visit a few people on campus and they says, hey, we need someone to watch the help desk, you know, for a couple of months while we find a full-time person. And and I had a little bit of experience on the management side and the technical side, so I, I did that. And uh, a few months went by, and they still had me, and they asked me to, to be more or less full-time. So I, I kind of got uh, suckered into a, a help desk job for many years, and I had a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I uh, uh, my, my team at the time was students. You know, I hired a whole bunch of students. And, you know, that was all the help desk was at the time. This was back in the early 2000s. And we went through some hard times. You know, the, we call those the dark days of the uh, uh, of the Internet because, you know, every every fall when students came back, you know, we had viruses and we had worms and everything hitting campus. It was uh, it, it was rough. This was before Windows XP actually turned on the firewall by default. And so we uh, we had a lot of machines get infected. So I did that for a few years and uh, 
I, at one point, uh, I think it was around 2004, uh, I was invited to get on to the computer security response team here on campus. Um, we had a, a security response team that uh, went and did, um, whether it be an investigation or would be a, a compromised machine or a network issue or something, we would we would go out and take care of that. And they needed somebody from the desktop side, you know, someone from the help desk. So I joined the, the team, um, did that for several years, and through kind of uh, attrition, as people left, I became the lead for the team. And all the while, I was kind of working up through the ranks as the help desk side, as chief services officer. I eventually got to chief services officer. And uh, the university, we uh, back about eight years ago now, we uh, we created the office of IT security here on campus, and they they uh, they tapped me to be the the chief uh, information security officer. So I was the first one at the university. Um, and uh, as I as I've often said, the, that was the last time I slept well. Um, so uh, I took over the, the I, I I created the role. I created the department. I created the role. And have been there ever since. Um, now, uh, coming from services and having a background in computer security response, um, I I didn't have a clue, honestly. <laughs> you know, it's just reality. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And so I dove in. You know, I dove into the professional groups. I dove into InfraGuard. I dove into conferences. I dove into, you know, every bit of learning I could do, you know, whether it be the, the trainings or, you know, getting online and, and doing uh, live events. And it wasn't live events at the time. It was YouTube, you know, things. So I just kind of started getting as much as I could. I, I had to, to get up to speed very quickly. Um, I don't advise people do it that way. Um but uh, I didn't know any better. Uh, the university at the time didn't know any better. We were just trying to, you know, stay afloat on a lot of things in terms of, of computer security. So uh, that's kind of my start, um, really. You know, you, uh, I, uh, I became a uh, just a, an empty cup for anything I could get. You know, whether it be, uh, like I said, trainings or um, uh, or conferences or you know anywhere that I could meet someone, um, learn something from them, or even teach someone. You know, there were things that I was doing that was kind of unique, um, uh, mostly because I didn't know any better, um, but they turned out really well. Um, and uh, one of the things is uh, Raspberry Pis. Uh, in the beginning, I didn't have a budget, so I deployed a lot of Raspberry Pis on campus and used those as my sensors and various things on campus. And I still do that. Uh, in fact, I have one behind me here that I'm working on um, for a, a particular piece of our student sock, which we'll get into later. So uh, starting to do those sorts of things. Um, and after I, 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 I got my feet wet on this and I've been doing it for a few years, um, I uh, someone asked me to do a presentation um, at a, a local conference. And uh, being an introvert, you know, that kind of that normal IT background, I uh, was real hesitant to do it, but I knew it was something that I had some knowledge that I wanted to share. I wanted to give out back to the industry, back to the community. So I, I did it and I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with the audience. I had a lot of fun uh, talking with people, you know, after the event, you know, I had a lot of people come up and ask questions and that kind of, it kind of got that, that, that hook in me, um, I know a couple of years ago, I, if I remember right, I did 80 different speaking engagements throughout the year. Last year, I probably did 60 or so. I keep a, 
little calendars um, of my speaking events uh, so I can keep track of them. And uh, I know I did 30 in, in the month of October, um, not last year, but the four. That's, uh, that was a heck of a month trying to do speaking events, trying to do all the other things that we were doing, plus do the, the CISO role. Uh, but what I go ahead. No, I was just going to say you're such a role model. I mean, I don't even know how anytime I ask you to speak, you never once have said no. And, um, you, you know, I, I read a lot or I just like on LinkedIn posts, there was a woman, I wish I could think of her name and she had just posted her. Um, she just got her CISSP and she was like, you know, people told me, no, I couldn't do it, but it just, you know, I went out there and you have to be persistent and just do what you're doing. You're such a great role model. It doesn't mean you get that much sleep. No, probably not. You're, you know, like, you're like me, you know, I have my hands in a lot of different things, but it's fun once you perfect like the show i mean when they asked me to do this show this was the last thing and i I still mess up all the time i'm not a radio host but i love the opportunity to talk to people like you so it's taking the chance and doing the things that that um just help you become more driven what a great role model for all those students that you're um, mentoring yeah, that was that's one of the things I've really tried to get across, you know, at ISSA and the people here at the university, including my team, you know, the security analysts that work for me. Um, when we when we start doing those things and we really start getting out there and start being involved in that community, in that industry, I'll tell you, I have learned so much. Um, I remember the very first B-sides I went to, you know, here, you know, in Oklahoma. And um I mean, I remember the individual speaking um, uh, speakers, you know, what they were talking about. And it's like, I'm not doing that. I need to go do that. And I turned around and I went and did it um, at the university. And that was one of the things that really caught me. And that's really why I get a lot of value out of those you know, conferences and those engagements. When I started teaching, um, I'll tell you, uh, the very first keynote I did years and years ago, I... Uh, I did it and it was a, it was a martial arts thing. You know, I was combining martial arts and cybersecurity and I was having a good time with it. And, um, after the speaking engagement, um, you know, I, I walked off stage and, you know, of course it, it ended and everyone was going to the next uh, presentation. And one of the, the people came back up to me and, you know, they came up and they shook my hand and they said, Hey, you know, that was, you know, great presentations. You know, they, the normal things they talk about, but this person came up and said, Hey, I just wanted to say thank you. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like the presentation. He goes, no, 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 I, you know, thank you for what you do at the University of Tulsa. I just kind of looked at him. I, I wasn't quite sure what he meant. He says, my daughter goes there. And, you know, from what you've said and what you try to do here, you know, based on this presentation, you know, I'm really glad that you're there protecting her data and protecting her network and protecting her computers. And that was really important to me. That was, that felt... You don't get a lot of gratitude as a CISO. Usually people are yelling at you. But to have just kind of a random person come up and and say those things, it, it felt really good. So that really kind of that made me feel good in terms of we were doing the right things. You know, we were protecting people, we were uh, protecting our systems and you know protecting our computers. And that's kind of been the you know my my tagline throughout everything that I've done is you know we we're here to protect people. And uh, when I do my teaching or I do, I'm speaking at conferences or, you know, even on panels, um, it's that same thing. You know, I, I think that as an industry, as we move forward, it becomes more and more important that we understand that we're actually protecting people, not just computers. 
And when we think in that way, it changes the thought process a little bit. It changes that importance a little bit. So anybody I interact with, I, I try to um, I, I try to make them think that way, you know, that a little bit differently. It's not just, uh, you know, we're, we're going to code this piece of program or we're going to build this application. It's, no, we're doing all this to protect people. And, and it does put a, a different emphasis on it. So let's just take a few minutes and welcome some of our uh, vocal listeners, like our friend Rachel Arnold, the human API. I know she's a big fan of yours and you guys are friends. Thanks for tuning in, Rachel. Um, she, Rachel, uh, Jonathan's actually has agreed. I, I had asked you, but you're a little busy. He agreed to um, co-host some of my shows for me when I'm traveling. So Rachel would be a great person to have. You and her should do a show together. Uh, I would love that. Hint, hint, Rachel. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Rachel, Rachel's great. She is, I, I think I said it once, she's my hero. She, she's the person that I look up to when we're doing a lot of things because she's great. She's She's a great asset. She was a great asset, you know, when I first met her and she's a good friend now. Well, and then we have uh, Leah McLean, if I'm saying that right. Um, welcome. Uh, thanks for being here, Leah and Whitney. Thanks for being here. And Rachel said... She just said, uh, uh, just, I don't know what she said. Maya, it's, um, it's not, well, you tell me what, you, what that means to you. Oh, she said, that's awesome. I think that means, I think that's a yes, that she'll, she'll be on the show with you anyway. Well, we're going to take it like that because, yeah, you know, absolutely. Anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, well, let's go talk about what you're doing right now, what you're doing with, um with the students and what you're building the operations center that you're yeah. building at the um, school and tell us a little bit about that and what your goal for that is and how you're getting these students um, input, you know, how you're getting yeah. them engaged. Well, yeah, this is uh, this is something I've been trying to do for a couple of years now. Um, and our friend Rachel, she's the one that really kind of spurred me to, to take those next steps. And, um, what it is, is I need help, honestly, you know, that's kind of where it started as and I, I told you before that when I was running the help desk, I had, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 students who worked for me and they were my technicians. They were the ones who worked on computers. You know, I trusted them to do anything on the computer side that we needed to do, whether it was on the domain, whether it was, you know, working on the president's machines. And so I, uh, and I've got to this day, some really great friends that, you know, I worked with all those years ago. Um, and those, uh, those experiences have really led me into, you know, knowing the value of using those students in, in operations. And so when I, when I decided to create the, the student SOC, the security operations center, I, uh, I really wanted to make sure that I was providing as much to the students as they were providing me. Um, I, uh, I, I kind of reached back and I reached out to a lot of people that I knew here uh, in the industry, you know, either here in Oklahoma or actually across the U.S. Um, you know, people like Rachel, people like Will, you know, a lot of people that have done these sorts of things where they're really providing a lot of benefit to the students. And one of the things that I found was a lot of people were utilizing students in SOCs. You know, there's a couple of universities here in Oklahoma that do have students in the SOC, but they're still kind of in that test phase. They're, they're kind of there, but they're not. And that was one thing is that I, I didn't have the, the, the luxury to do. I, I need the students in a full-blown SOC. 
Um, so uh, we have a, a, a new undergrad cybersecurity program here at the university, uh, brand new. Uh, this is, I think, the very first semester that they're having most of those classes for the program. And the faculty members reached out to me uh, when I when they found out I was doing this talk, and they basically says, "Hey, we want we want part of this. We you tell us what you need on these students." We'll teach it in the classes, and then they can come and work for you in the SOC to get hands-on experience. And that was that light bulb, you know, moment. It's like that's that's what we need to do. And uh, so what what I'm doing is I'm hiring five students uh, this semester, and uh, we're building a SOC. We're building a physical SOC, um, but only because we need to have a place to you know to have that 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 set up in that war room. But to do the um, to do all the other pieces, you know, it's going to be a lot of the tools that we have using on our enterprise. You know, one of the interesting things about our, our network is we're one of the bigger networks in Oklahoma. Um, you know, when we're talking about the size of the network, the amount of devices, we have a lot. Um, you know, 60 some odd thousand devices on our network, you know, and only about 30% of them are actually managed by the university. The other 70% are managed by the students. So we have a lot of bring your own devices. We have a lot of traffic. We have a lot of, you know, pipe on the on the network. So we have a lot of things that's, you know, kind of unique. And, you know, as it relates, you know, we're never going to be the size of a Quick Trip or a, you know, a Phillips or any of the big companies here in Oklahoma. But we're still one of the biggest in Oklahoma in terms of devices. And that, and that really presents a unique problem um, because, you know, you talk to some of these big organizations, they might have 30, 40, 50 IT people, um, uh, 30, 40, 50 IT security people, and we don't have that. So my thought is I, I want to start off with five, but I'm going to get up to 20 students by next spring. So I'm going to do five, 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 and five, uh, you know, every year when, or every semester, you know, spring, summer, and fall, I'm going to hire an additional five students. And there's going to be, you know, some you know, people graduating and such. So there's going to be a, a nice flow. But I want to bring them in and I want to do some very specific things with them. Number one, I want to train them on the tools that we're using. So we've got a variety of tools that we currently use. Um, and I want them to get hands on with it. You know, it's they're going to go through a, maybe a week long training on something. But then they're going to have deliverables. You know, these aren't student workers. These aren't, you know, work study students, you know, where they come in and they make copies and they make coffee for people. No, these are, they're going to come in and get trained. And then, you know, they're going to have deliverables every day and every week that they provide information back to defend the university, you know, with the things that we're doing. And uh, each week I'm going to provide, you know, teach them on a different tool, at least for the first semester. You know, of course, everything will change, you know, after we get some experienced people in. But one of the other benefits I think that I can provide um, that I really want to do is I'm going to bring in industry to them. You know, I'm, I'm president of ISSA. I'm also a board member with InfraGuard. Um, I've got a lot of people that I interact with on a regular basis. And when I've told people about this program, what I'm going to do with it, they get really, really excited because they want students who graduate that have hands-on experience. You know, we all kind of make that joke of, hey, we need to have an entry-level person, five years experience, CISSP, entry-level. And we all kind of laugh that, you know, the, uh, there are job descriptions out there. But, you know, I started thinking about it. If I could give students two years hands-on experience with enterprise tools, when they go out for that entry-level job out in the industry, but they put on their resume that they do have two years experience. They've got experience with Microsoft. They've got experience with Nessus. They've got experience with, you know, you name your tools. Hopefully that will help them just 
have that resume just a little bit better than the next person and it gives them an opportunity to really shine. So I, I've talked to industry leaders, um, you know, I intend every month that, you know, for the, for the people who work in the SOC, every month I'm going to bring in people. And I'm going to bring, uh, I, I have asked some friends from the FBI, I've asked some friends from the Secret Service, I asked friends from law firms, I asked, you know, I've got people all over, I've got forensics firms that are going to come in and come in for two hours and talk to the students, you know, sh tell them what they're looking for, network with them, you know, maybe these are students that they may hire later. Um, when I've told this to the industry, you know, to the industry people, though, they got so excited. They are like, absolutely. We, we want to be part of this. We want to meet these students. You know, we want to, we'll come in and we'll do some training with them. You know, I've got a pen tester friend that I'm going to ask to come in and just to show them how to pen test, you know, not necessarily the individual tools. We'll get that in the class, but show them what real life is all about. We've got a university campus. Let's have some fun with it. You know, let's go play with, breaking in the doors and getting into, you know, the server rooms and, you know, doing these various things. Now, one of the things that I'm going to have them do at the SOC is they're going to learn all these tools, but I also want them to learn the real life stuff. You know, what is an incident? How do you handle incidents? You know, how you do incident response, um, how you do evidence collection, how you do custody tracking. Um, how do you talk to police officers? How do you talk to the legal side, you know, lawyers? I want them to get exposed to that um, because I don't want them to be surprised when they get out in the industry, when they get out into their first jobs and they're starting on their career and they go, oh, I, you mean I have to talk to a board? You know, I have to talk to a lawyer. I have to talk to a police officer. Um, I want them to be, you know, yeah, yeah, I did that. You know, maybe they did it once or twice, but it's still experience. It's still an opportunity for them to grow. And I think as I look back over my, my background and what I've done, um, you know, I had a lot of people help me, uh, you know, a lot of people who provided me, uh, whether it be support or information or training or teaching or just, you know, good job, Jonathan. You know, those are, those are the things that were really important to me. And I want to I want to get back. You know, I want to get back to the, the next generation of, of IT security leaders. Um, and this is an opportunity to do that. And we've got some great students. I, I've, I actually interviewed, um, I think. 12 people last week, um, last week and this week, we've got some really strong candidates. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, I'm going to get them in. Some of them are really experienced. Some of them have really got the good drive. They're going to learn. They're going to be great. And I'm really excited to see what they do, you know, here at the SOC, but also out in the world. You know, that's, that's the most exciting thing is, is seeing people grow. You know, I, I, um, uh, I, I've been doing martial arts for a very long time, and there is there is something down deep that is you know, really powerful when you're watching someone that you've been working with, and they break their first board, or they they do great on their test, or those those are some things that it, it's really important and it's really valuable. Um, I'm really excited to do this, and I think it'll be a, a, a huge benefit for not only the students at the university, but also the community, the the IT security community, the IT security industry. So how are the students, how receptive are they? Because this means that they're going to have to put a lot of extra time into what they're doing, right? Because this they, is above and beyond their classes, right? They are excited. In fact, the, uh, the first couple of people that I talked to, um, I asked them right off the bat, you know, do you have any questions for me? And they said, no, no, we don't, we don't, you know, you're kind of your typical first interview that you do for students. 
but after I explain to them what I'm wanting, you know, that I want them to be doing threat hunting and pen testing and, and uh, forensics and evidence collection and, you know, doing reports and doing compliance and doing privacy, they got really excited. I mean, they, they came back at, at the end and I said, okay, well, you know, because one of the questions I ask every single applicant is, what do you want to take from this job? You know, what is it you want to take and, you know, and move forward with? And they had this like, listen, this is this is great. This is not like any other job on campus. This is something where we actually do real stuff. You know, it, it's not just, again, sitting at a desk somewhere or you know, watching a front desk, you know, or, you know, making copies for a department. This is they're protecting our network. Um, so they're really excited. And I uh, one of the things that I found out a long time ago when when I had students that came in to work for me is uh, they'll work, you know, I had students, unfortunately, they would skip class to come work. Um, and of course, I got on to them when I found out they did that, but they liked the work. You know, that's one of the interesting things that I have found over the years is a lot of times you'll get students in, now you'll always find a student that doesn't want to do that, but I've always had great students and they, they come in, they want to work, you know, they, they work extra hours. And, and every student that I talked to said, you know, hey, what happens if we go remote again because of COVID? It's like, we're remote friendly here. You know, we all of our tools are on the web. You know, you'll be able to get into them. I've got a laptop for you. You know, you'll be able to get into our systems and be able to do the job. And they were really excited about that, that they could work on the weekends. They could work over spring break. They could work over summer break. You know, that they could still do the job. And that was one of the things that really made me excited. I'll tell you, after a full day of interviews, um, you kind of get worn out um, because just that's a lot of meetings. I was actually energized. I was actually really excited at the end of the day because there was so much good energy coming from the students. They were really excited about it. Well, it's good to hear because I do feel like we are in a new time where it's hard to find motivated young people like I'm in the process of trying to even find another, you know, admin person. Mm -hmm. It's not quite as, you know, prestigious as a cybersecurity position, but it's impossible. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just the candidates out there. They're not the same candidates. Two years ago when I would put an ad out for that, I'd get 200, 300. It was just daunting. Now to, you know, I'm, I'm maybe getting 20 and none of them really qualify for what I'm looking for. So what do you, so you're not seeing any, any thing in that nature. Is that why you don't have uh, operation put in place already? Because are are, you're short staffed? Is that why? Yeah, yeah, we're short staffed. I mean, we uh, we don't have a lot of people, and we don't have a lot of resources. Um, mm-hmm. But you're you're absolutely right. Now, I do have the benefit on my side is I've got a feed coming in from the cybersecurity program here at the university. You know, the the faculty members they want their students to have that hands-on experience. You know, uh, I was talking to somebody once, and uh, we had students who they learned a tool called InMap or Network Mapper, and um, and they knew how to use it. And I was like, great, come on in, you know, let's, let's use it on the network. And I turned over a whole segment of our network. I go, okay, run a basic scan. And they ran it and it took days to run, you know, the way they did it. It, it, it gives you a different experience when you have a full blown network and a full enterprise level network to really do this stuff. So we have a lot of students that are coming in that are coming directly from this program. They're already learning some of this stuff. They're, they're, they're already excited about some of this stuff because they're seeing it in their classes 
but what I give them is the ability to use it on a production network and an enterprise network. So they're really excited about that part because I'll, I'll tell you, most people, when they learn a new skill set, they want to try it. They want to they want to play with it. They want to see if they can really do it. And this is gives them an opportunity. So the faculty members, they understand the benefit of doing something like this, and they're feeding me these students. I mean, they're you know they're telling their classes, you know, hey, Jonathan over there in IT, he's he's looking for some strong people, and you know, I was getting resumes directly from the faculty members, like, hey, you need to talk to this person, you know, make sure you know these people apply, you know, let me. So I, I am fortunate in that because I've got a, gr a lot of great support from our faculty members, a lot of great support from our leadership of, of being able to provide these. Um, but, I, you know, I, I absolutely understand, you know, the uh, the need for, you know, getting the, the young people into doing this and how difficult that can be. Um, I'll tell you what people are finding out now, at least here in Oklahoma, you know, what I'm, I'm seeing from people is there's a lot of people that will want to work in cybersecurity, but they don't have the background in it yet. Um, and that was the other piece I kind of wanted to do is I wanted to be able to take people, give them exposure to some skill sets, uh, whether it be a tool or whether it be a concept, you know, incident response is a concept or compliance is a concept. And then let them explore that, you know, where I can watch them and I can help them, I can help guide them. So can my two security analysts that work for me, which they're great. Um, but give those people an opportunity to, to learn and grow that mentorship thing that we don't see it anymore as much. And and maybe it's because those people aren't looking for it. You know, the, the applicants aren't looking for that mentorship. Um, I can tell you I had one applicant, this was a couple of years ago who they uh, they wanted to to get in IT and they weren't in IT at the time but they wanted to get into it but they were wanting you know that high range of salary they want because IT is you know generally a, a good industry to get into uh, for salary and such but because they had never been in it they couldn't get a job and uh, and I told them I was like you I, here's the deal you know here's my advice to you is go find you a help desk job go do that for a year, get some experience under your belt. I mean, you've got some great experience in life and, but you really need to get that IT experience and just kind of grow. And I think that as more of these programs come in, um, you know, something like I would love personally to be able to open this up to bring high school, high school students in the summer. If I could get some high school students to come in and work for me along with my, my regular uh, security analysts and my regular staff members that they can, they can start to learn and grow. And then when they come into college, they even have that much more experience in some of this stuff. So that's kind of my, my, my hope is, you know, uh, you know, I, I know it's going to be different than what my plans are and, you know, things change, but that's really my hope is I want it to grow into that mentorship opportunity. And if we can get people more excited about that and they tell their friends like, Hey, Come on, let's go to this this uh, this weekend this weekend pen testing thing that they're doing at the university or whatever it may be. Um, it gets them excited and, and it gets them in a, in a in an environment that they can learn and they can grow in their skill sets to really maybe guide them down a new career path or a career path. You know, for a lot of these students, they don't have them yet. They don't know what they want to do. So, given an opportunity to think about what they want to do, that's one of the reasons I want to get these mentors in. You know, these law firms and the and, and the law enforcement in and that way they can get exposure to it. It's like, oh yeah, this is what it's like to be an FBI agent in the cyber crimes unit. This is what it's like to be in a law firm who does IT security and privacy compliance. If they can see that, then maybe 
their classes will mean something different to them. They'll go, oh, that's why that stuff is important. So that's kind of my goal. Um, I know it's uh, reaching for the stars in some cases, but it's it's something I want to do. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. It's going to be great for you to see as they graduate out and where they are and uh, you know, what a great, uh, just what great job satisfaction could you ever want then to just see yeah. you, um, you help someone launch into their career. You know, we at our events, a lot of times um, we get students that will sign up and we, you know, we are, although we're educational, we're still spot where they're sponsored yeah. events. And so the sponsors sure. don't really want a bunch of students at our events. But what we do is we ask them, we say, well, why don't you come volunteer at the registration desk? We just need you in the morning for your help. Go sit into sessions, go talk to the sponsors. They have a future con name badge on. And it's so great for them because they get to yeah. talk to people on both sides. So yeah. anyone, you know, any city that we're at and we always encourage students to reach out to us because it's such a great day for them yep. because they get to go meet people and they're represented by future cons so we send them out to go do things go 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 and ask the sponsors these questions you know yeah. what, what are they you know just just you know silly things like give sure. them information about lunch or their prizes but right. then that gets them out of their shell of if they are introverted to talking, yep. you know, to the sponsors and I'm, and I'm always like, go sit into the sessions and they end up yep. talking to other attendees. So it's, um, it's just great to see the students out there that do want to flourish into the industry and, you know, helping them a bit. I, we've had tons of students that have worked for us. I have no idea where they are now, but it would be nice to hear where they are now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's. I think that's really awesome. So, do you ha- have you been seeing at all? What about the student that is driven, but maybe they're not going to be able to pass some of the classes that are required for a cybersecurity degree? Have you ran into anything like that where they have the motivation, the drive, and what's your advice to them? I have, and actually, um, it kind of leads me to a story. I had a, a student. This was years ago now. But she came in um, and she she came in to apply to the help desk and she says, listen, I'm I'm I've got I'm getting a degree in piano. Um, I know I'm never going to make money at piano, so I really need a job. I need I need a way to to have a job that I can make a paycheck and still do the things that I love. And she turned out to be one of my very best technicians. Um, she worked hard. She learned. She was great with the users. She was, she interacted really well. And she is now a, like a third level engineer at a tech company. Um, you know, I, I looked her up not too long ago just to kind of just see where she was at and see how she was doing. And she's, she's doing great. So the answer is yes. And what I tell people is, you know, if you have the IT security industry, there are so many aspects to it, you know, when I think about what I do in a day, you know, it goes from the very far technical to the very far strategic. And I've got to do that every day. You know, it's a lot of the CISOs have to do that. I have I, very rarely will you find a, a, a CISO that can only be strategic. You know, that's all they are or a, a CISO that can only be technical. So you, you have there's so many things you can do. Uh, the benefits of the IT security industry is we need to have people that. Uh, I'm, there's one student that I'm hiring very specifically to help me do PCI compliance. Um, this person is not a technical person, 
but she is doing great at some of the accounting stuff that she needs to do and she wants to do auditing and there's a there's a huge piece of that that we need in the IT security realm of getting people who know that auditing to know more about IT security and working very closely. In fact, I did, I've got a lot of friends who are auditors um, and we do some joint events with the auditing community, ISACA and um, a, a couple of other groups here in, in Oklahoma at, as a, with the ISSA. I want to build those relationships. So she's coming in as one of the students or a student analyst, but she is going to help me to do my PCI compliance for the semester. You know, I'm going to give her a list of all the things that I need done. And she's going to, you know, she's going to work with the users, work with the departments to check their documentation, help build documentation, verify all the inventory, you know, go through the PCI DSS and make sure we're hitting all the pieces we need for RSAQ, you know, all these different things. And, you know, it's not a regular SOC analyst position. She's not going to be threat hunting. She's not going to be now. I'm going to train her on all that. All the students are going to get the same training because I want her exposed to it. But her background is a little different, and her the resources she the skill sets that she has to provide back to the team are going to be unique, but they're going to be just as important. Um, so you know when we have people who maybe they're not going. I am never going to be a pen tester. You know I like pen testing. I, I, I'm working on my different, I've got various certifications in it so far. I'm working on the OSCP right now trying to get it, but I know that I will never be a full-time pen tester. That's just not my calling, but it doesn't mean I don't need to know how to do it. So when we have these students that come in, I want to be exposed to it, but I really want them to bring in the skill sets and those strengths that they have to help the IT security industry grow. And if, and maybe they're not as technical, but we've got a lot of compliance. We've got a lot of management. We've got a lot of security awareness to help people on. So I, I honestly, I can't imagine anybody who wants to get into cybersecurity, regardless of their level of skill set, their technical skill set, we have a place for them. You know, we have, we have jobs that are not that technical but are, are critically important for the industry. So I'm, I'm really excited of bringing in every student you know, that I can afford. You know, I can only have so many students. Um, but I'm really excited to bring in those students that, you know, they, they re, they're excited. You know, they really want to do it and they're, they're willing to learn. And maybe they're really good at this, this, this strategic piece or this planning piece or this management piece. We need those as well. Um, so I, I think that it's going to be a huge benefit to us, regardless of their skill set. If they're willing to learn and willing to grow, you know, my philosophy is I'm willing to teach them. Um, so I, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, I agree with Leah. She said, absolutely love how you're working with students to enable them for the workplace now while they're in school. I think that it's just so amazing. I would love to see you like, it's so huge and like, you know, network with all these other universities. It's just such a great, you know, platform and a great, you know, model for um, all those, all the future cybersecurity students out there. I would love backstage and, and she won't come on, but Megan, you know, who does all my technical stuff that you've met, she's a cybersecurity student. And I'd love to know, you know, if she saw things like that when she was going to school and she went to Loyola mm -hmm. out of Chicago, but um, it's uh, yeah, that's really great what you're doing. And so Here's another question for you. And I've asked some past guests this, especially I've had guests like you that are really helping build up our future. 
what is your opinion being that you work at a university between some of these boot camps and a university degree or college degree? So, um, <laughs> I work at the university, so I have to kind of be careful of my answers there. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, 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 no. This actually comes up a lot, and I'll tell you this: I I love boot camps. Um, I, I I do a lot of them. Boot camps have a very particular purpose. It allows someone who needs to brush up on a skill set or maybe learn a new skill set and they've only got a certain amount of time to do it. But it also allows you to focus on that one thing for that boot camp. Um, I, I, I have a requirement for all of my staff, uh, for my full-time staff, that they have to do a, a SANS once a year. Now, most people, they get to do a SANS once a year. I require my people to do it once a year um, because I want them to expose that information. They get to go, they get to spend a week, you know, five to six days just absorbing all that information. Now, they're not going to retain it all. That's not the point. I want them to be exposed to it. I want them to, to get as much as they can. Then I want them to come back and start showing me how that's going to improve our network and improve that organ our organization. So um, I'm, very, I'm a huge supporter. Now, there's always this idea of um, cert certifications and training versus experience. Um, and I don't get into that argument anymore uh, because I think it's a, a faulty argument. Um, I think if someone doesn't get training but they're really good, they're really good. If someone gets training and they're really good, they're really good. It doesn't matter. If you have a lot of certifications, and I've got a lot of them, I like getting certifications. Um, if I have a lot of certifications, that doesn't mean I'm bad at my job, doesn't mean I'm great at my job. It means that I've got my certifications. The things that I do make me great at my job. And I think training is kind of like that. So if you're the type of person that you really want to have that, that regular academic experience where you're going to a class once or twice a week for a full semester and you really get that information um, that reinforced in your head by doing the coursework, great. That's absolutely wonderful. If you're the type of person that you want to, that's your vacation is to go to SANS, great. That That's that's great. I I don't like the, the two different arguments because it seems like people want one or the other. They say that one is bad and one is good in either, either direction. I don't think that's true. I think that we have students going through the cybersecurity program at the University of Tulsa. It's going to be great for them. They're going to get a lot of skill sets, and they're going to come out, and they're going to go into the uh, into the workforce, and I hope they continue learning. I hope that they do go do SANS, or they go do a master's program, or they go do a JD program. I want them to continue learning. Um, we just hired a new CTO. And uh, we were talking about this a couple of days ago. Uh, talking about training, and and what it is is when you have someone that can do a Google search, they know how to find a particular solution to a particular problem because they could do that Google search. But when you go to training, you get to learn the potential things that you can do. You get to learn that much broader skill set from these other things that you learn in training of what's possible. There's a lot of value in that. And I think that if you are the type of person who likes to do boot camps, great, go do them. You know, it, yeah, they're expensive and yeah, it, it takes time away from family, but 
you really get to focus on that one topic for that, you know, that week long time. If you're the type of person that wants to do a full academic experience where you're going for a full semester, great, go do it. You know, the, the people that I, 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 I kind of roll my eyes at sometimes is people who don't want to do training at all. They don't want to learn anything new. They, they're happy where they're at. They don't care about anything else. And those are things, if you're not staying up with training in the, in the IT security realm and the cybersecurity industry, then you're really falling behind. Um, I, that's one of the reasons why I require training of my staff. Um, and I do require certifications. Um, I require them to, if they go do training, that they take the test along with it to show that they've done it. I have been in many classes where we see people come in for the first day and they don't come back after that. So they attended training, but that was it. They, they were just kind of there. So I, I'm supportive, um, extremely supportive of people doing training. If they want to do it at a university, at a community college, at a tech, co uh, a tech school, they want to do it at a, a SANS or if they, uh, here's an example. I just did training uh, to get my private investigator's license and I did it at a tech college here. It's a great experience. The, the instructor was great. I had a good time. We did it for you know two weeks, you know, at night. Um, and I learned from that, you know, and that's really what it's about is learning new things. So I think they're both great depending on the person. And that's the most important part is just to keep people learning new things. You know, I think it's just different for every person in every situation. I have a nephew that, you know, he had kids, you know, younger and, you know, couldn't really find his way. And, you know, college wasn't for him. And now he's a coder and he, you know, his parents did help him find the right boot camp because they're, yep. you have to find the right one. And he's yep. doing really very, very, very well in life right now, yeah. making very good money. And his situation would not, you know, be that for everyone. It's kind of like when I went in the military when I was 18, I ended up in Hawaii. You know, I got to live off base. I mean, it was the ideal situation. Would somebody else go in the military and have that same situation? No, it was right. just, you know, so I think it's just, you know, different. Uh, you yeah. know, some young people want to go have the university life and sure. that's, that's amazing. And some people need a quicker fix and yep. does it work out for everyone? Maybe not, but some do. So, right. um, you know, going back to, I was talking about Megan who works for me. I'm glad she put a little comment out here that she was saying that sounds awesome. She would have loved to be involved um, in what you're doing while she was in school. There wasn't anything out there like that. So I think that's so great what you're doing and how you're being a mentor and a role model for these students. I imagine there's probably more students that want to do this than opportunities that are open. Is that, and that, that's kind of sad, huh? I, yeah, it is. But you know what? I think, I think with a lot of the programs that are happening out there, you know, uh, Will McCullen is doing a great thing out at, at his stuff and, I, I think that it's changing. I think people are learning, are figuring out what they can do and what they can't do, what they can do, and what they should do. So I think it's going to change. I think the industry is changing. I think, you know, as we talk about this, you know, we have this gap of uh, cybersecurity professionals. 
we got to fill that gap. Um, uh, you know, I think that there, the gap is actually twofold and we'll talk about some other conversation, but I think the, if we have an opportunity to bring in students and teach them and grow them, and, and when I say students, I'm not just talking about that traditional 18, 19, you know, year old student coming into to college for the first time. I'm talking about non-traditional students. I'm talking about people who want to change careers. I'm talking about anybody who wants to get into the cybersecurity industry. Um, I think that, you know, with, with the program like I'm trying to create, but there's a lot of other programs out there that I think are just as, you know, as great in terms of content and skill sets that you learn. Um, I think it'll, it'll change. I think it'll grow. I intend to, uh, if I can, if I can be successful at this um, and maybe get some more sleep, you know, I would love to be able to present out to, to Educause, which is one of the big uh, things for higher education about building this sort of thing. And it's not just about having students at a SOC. It's about having students actually run your SOC, you know, run, be that, that those, those resources and provide those deliverables back to the organization. Um, I think it'll be really important. And I think it will drive people to those programs, you know, not just, you know, uh, purely academic programs, but if people got some real experience, it, it think of it like this it's it's just that old-fashioned apprenticeship you know let's let's go and learn learn from the people doing it and then turn around and become the people doing it and then turn around and teach new people how to do it i think that's really what we need to do in in a lot of our industries you know we're down to about three minutes before close but you know megan made a good point and she said that her class was the first class that offered a cybersecurity degree so it is interesting that um how long has the university of tulsa been offering that degree well so the undergrad cybersecurity program is brand new i mean it's less than a year old now we've had cyber core and we've had some master's programs for many years now but this is the first year of a true undergrad cybersecurity program so it's, we're building it from, they are building it from scratch. I'm helping where I can and providing the resources for our SOC. And, but the, our faculty members are really putting a lot of effort into building those classes. It's going to be useful to students to, to learn these skill sets. Well, Jonathan, I'm really excited that you're going to be coming and helping me with some of the uh, shows in the future. And I think that this is such a great, you're such a great role model. And maybe you even being on the show more and more and talking about what you're doing will inspire some of the other um, leaders at the universities to, because this is what we need. There's such a huge job shortage. What would your right. message be to all those out there that want to be like Jonathan Kimmett? Uh, what, what message would you want to leave with us today? Oh, uh, get involved. You know, absolutely get involved. Go go to your local ISSA. Go to your uh, InfraGuard. Go to your ISACA. Go to your IA. Go, go to all of these professional organizations. Go support your local conferences. The thing about it is you're kind of with the apprenticeship. First, you go to learn. Then you go to to really absorb and learn new things. Then you go to speak and then you go to teach. And and, and that's what I've seen happen a lot, you know, where people got involved and they became those role, the people that were going to these conferences with me when I first started. They're also now the speakers with me. You know, we're on panels together. We will call each other like, hey, I'm doing a CISO panel. You want to do it? So it get involved, go out there and, and take part, you know, get involved in your, your I'm going to, I'm going to support ISSA because I'm the president of ISSA here in Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, go, go talk with people, go engage, go network and go share knowledge. That's, that's really the big thing is we can, 
if we want to get better in cybersecurity, we just all have to work together. We all have to share our knowledge because I may be good at one thing, but I need help on another. And if I can find that person to be that yin yang, um, then it'll be perfect. It'll be a great opportunity to, to combine our skill sets for that common good of protecting people. All right, Jonathan Kimmett, CISO at the University of Tulsa. Thanks for being with us today. He is going to be back talking to you all again um, as my co-host in a few weeks. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. That was the fastest show again that we've had. I wish I would have had more time to talk with Jonathan. Uh, please uh, join us next week. We have Tina Piccioni. Um, been trying to get her on forever forever. She's another great guest. You guys stay safe, stay warm if you're in the Midwest and stay secure and we'll see you next week. Thanks everyone. Thank you for tuning into and security for all. Be sure to join your host, Kim Hakem for another episode of the show next Friday at noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the voice America business channel. And don't forget, you can follow Kim on LinkedIn by searching for Kim Hakim. That's Kim, H-A-K-I-M, to keep yourself posted on all of her upcoming cybersecurity events.